Kia ora, and welcome to the Dawn Chorus. I'm Bernard Hickey, and this is my daily podcast that goes out with an email newsletter via the Kaka for paid subscribers. I wanted to talk today about how the global economy and global financial markets can do a pretty good job of automatically stabilizing after this inflation shock. Now, just to go back a bit, we've obviously seen a massive increase in inflation all around the world to the sort of 7-8% mark uh, in the United States. It's over 8%. We heard from Germany and Europe last week that its inflation rate is over 8%. And the usual solution is for central banks to crank up interest rates as high as is needed to get inflation back down to around about 2%. And that's what we've seen starting in New Zealand in October, but continuing through earlier this year all around the world. In fact, we're likely to get tomorrow another 50 basis point increase from the Australian Central Bank, the Reserve Bank of Australia. And most people expect the US Federal Reserve to hike its official cash rate by another 75 basis points. And on July the 13th, New Zealand too, our Reserve Bank is expected to put up the official cash rate by 50 basis points. But you've got to remember, for a lot of people, they are actually using fixed mortgages or longer term interest rates. And they're actually governed by what happens in financial markets. So expectations are really important about what's going to happen with inflation, what's going to happen with the global economy, and how the central banks might react to that. So over the last six months or so, we've seen financial markets crank up longer term interest rates because they fear that the central banks have let inflation get away on them and will therefore have to crank up interest rates much, much higher than anyone expected. Now that has meant that longer term interest rates all around the world have risen quite sharply. For example, the US 30-year mortgage rate, which is the one they use over there. In New Zealand, of course, we use fixed rates, one or two-year fixed rates. But in the United States, they use the 30-year mortgage rate. And that is based off interest rates in the wholesale interest rate markets. And in particular, the US 10-year Treasury yield. Just to uh, introduce you to this uh, little known but really important indicator of what's happening in the global economy, the US Treasury market is the biggest and most global and most liquid financial market in the world. In effect, it is all of the world's banks, fund managers, traders betting against each other and with each other on where they think Inflation and interest rates are going to go in the world's largest economy, the United States. In a way, this is the wisdom of the crowds. And in financial markets and in markets, they're actually pretty good at understanding what's going to happen next. In some ways, more accurate accurate than individual investors or the US Federal Reserve. And so it's worth watching what the wisdom of the crowds are saying about the, their expectations of the future. And what you can see is that just in the last three or four days, the US 10-year Treasury yield has dropped sharply 
to under 3%. And remember, it's been over 3% for most of the last month or two. In fact, it got to a high of 3.5% a few weeks ago. And what we've seen is in reaction to those higher wholesale interest rates in the United States and elsewhere, there's been a reaction in the real economy. So on Friday night, we heard from what's called the Fed, the uh, uh, Atlanta Fed Now uh, connection or uh, leading indicator of what's happening in the US economy, which suggests that the US economy is going to have another contraction in the June quarter. So that will be two contractions in a row. In effect, it's saying that the US economy is already in recession. And certainly we're seeing financial markets suggest this, that the US is headed for a recession. Now that means that pressure is going to come off inflation. And we're already starting to see the early indicators of falling commodity prices as pressure goes off uh, the global economy, and in particular from the US economy. For example, the copper price uh, is down to an 18-month low, down another 3% over the last uh, four or five days to under 8,000 US dollars a tonne. And that is, uh, that is a really key indicator. Copper is one of those industrial materials that you need to make uh, a lot of manufactured goods. And when the price of copper starts to drop, you can see the demand for those manufactured goods is dropping off. So that's a really important leading indicator, which says that, in effect, the global economy and financial markets have already reacted to the higher inflation that we've seen. And that has already sent a signal to the real economy, to the point where you do have to wonder whether central banks, and that includes the Reserve Bank and the US Federal Reserve, uh, won't get to the high levels of short-term interest rates that were previously predicted. And uh, we've seen that in expectations of the US Federal Reserve's key rate dropping in the last two or three weeks from over 4% as the peak early next year to closer to 3.4%. And you remember that the Reserve Bank of New Zealand, it's currently forecasting that it will get to 4%. But a lot of people in financial markets and economists are now suggesting that the Reserve Bank of New Zealand will be lucky to get to 3.5% before it has to stop because of the deflationary pressures coming from uh, a recession or something close to a recession in New Zealand later this year or early next year. What this says is that if you are thinking about what's happening to interest rates and hearing that uh, it's always going up, 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 and that inflation is under a huge pressure and the central banks will push mortgage rates much, much higher, uh, it's worth challenging that assumption. Uh, for example, uh, Tony Alexander, uh, argued late last week that longer-term mortgage rates, particularly the five-year, three, four-year, have probably peaked. They go, they've gone as high as they're going to go. And it's quite possible that by the end of this year, the Reserve Bank will be talking about cutting interest rates next year, uh, or certainly the year after that. In fact, its current forecasts already have a dip in interest rates towards the end of its forecast period. So, in summary, the automatic stabilizers in the global economy of 
higher wholesale long-term interest rates are starting to have an effect, a feedback loop, which is taking some of the inflation out of the economy. We're also starting to see some demand destruction effect of high prices. One of the beauties of markets is that they send signals. And when you have a very high oil price, it sends a signal to people to stop consuming, uh, which seems obvious in a way. But what it means is for those people who expect that higher oil prices will necessarily translate into yet more higher oil prices, you need to realize there's always going to be a reaction uh, from uh, the demand side to a shock up, upward movement in prices. And we're certainly seeing that. And it's worth knowing, of course, that the world's second largest economy, China, still has this basic problem of wanting to eliminate COVID. And we've seen over the last couple of days, yet another large city has been put into lockdown, this time on the eastern coast in the Yangshi uh, Delta, a big city called Wuxi, where a lot of the hospitality and other uh, shared facilities have been shut down. So, in summary, don't expect longer-term mortgage rates, the fixed rates, the mortgage, fixed mortgage rates, to rise too much more. And look out for the automatic stabilizers starting to have feedback effects that might put a lid on some of these inflationary moves and on the interest rate moves that central banks do. I'm Bernard Hickey. That was my morning chorus on Monday the 4th of July. Thanks to our paid subscribers for allowing me to do the work I do. Ka kite anō.